Hello everybody, welcome to SideQuest. This is our first episode of SideQuest where we're going to be talking about retro collecting and uh, reproduction cartridges and how to and how not to do them. How not to get scammed. Uh, for those of you who don't know, yeah. SideQuests is our little bonus SideQuest uh, or SideQuest? Little bonus podcast that we do between uh, the little smaller bit of stuff to keep you tidied over until the next episode of Retro Reset. Um, where we talk about just random stuff, mostly video game related, and maybe sometime in the future not video game related. Um, yeah. Maybe we'll do some listener requests. We'll keep we'll keep an open door. We got some secrets but, for you, like man. I said. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there we go. So and so let's get started. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be talking about retro game collector, as uh, we mentioned in the last episode. Me and Alan both are quite the avid retro game collectors oh i guess i should mention uh-huh. i'm kyle mccluskey and this here's my my accomplice in crime <laughs> alan jenkins say hi alan hey guys i'm your hey. accomplice in okay, crime yeah. since friggin 2000 forever Six, ago seven? i don't know 2005 since, uh, two, i think since the goblet of ice cream yeah man 2005 was since when we were in high school together. We've been we've been making stuff together forever. Um, oh, yeah. oh yeah, a lot of lot of late nights at IHOP, and here we are on our next project. Let's plays, stop motions, uh-huh. yep. uh huh, podcast, sketches. all night gamers, um, <laughs> sketches. <laughs> don't don't look up all night gamers. Don't do no, it. No, you it's can't find it. it. Don't worry. It's, it's on YouTube still. Okay, so before we get into the collecting aspect of it, we'll go over kind of what reproductions are. So, for those of you who don't know what reproductions are, they 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 mostly show up in the era of the NES and the SNES. That's probably where the most prevalent. Right. I'm not entirely certain how common they are amongst discs. I know PlayStation copying and burning that was kind of a thing uh-huh. for a while. Uh, same thing with Dreamcast. Um, I don't think it's yeah, as no, common. I, I don't. I don't no, think it's, it's as not. common because people don't like. The, there's something about having a cartridge, like a disc. Anybody can burn a disc, right? Yeah. Anybody can burn a disc and pirate a Dreamcast game, for example, um, because yeah. Dreamcast will read CD-ROMs, um, and that's a huge reason it had a lot of issues and died. But um, <laughs> yes, it's true. Uh, but discs are not. They, they don't have any special character about them. Uh, whereas cartridge no. games like NES and SNES, there's a huge market where a lot of like Chinese companies are making shells that you can buy that look like the original cartridges. Oh yeah, they still they still yeah. make them. You can buy them in multicolor. You can buy them with like they're see through. There's some cool ones out there. Yeah, so like, there's there's so, definitely a DIY market here too, where people are doing really cool art and making cartridges that look really interesting. They're yeah, making making fan games that still work or homebrew games on. Uh, that work on the console, so um, it's a big deal. Yeah. Reproductions, like I said, so reproductions are kind of a double-edged sword, though, especially yeah. when it comes to that era of NES and the SNES, because mm-hmm. uh, the whole purpose of reproductions, uh, in my opinion, well, I mean, they serve a different purpose depending on who you are. Right. So a lot of people might want to buy a reproduction cartridge because, like, from my perspective, it never came. The two reasons I buy them is because it never came out in the US and someone made a fan translation, put it on a cartridge. Right. Or it's a cool homebrew or like a hack of an existing game. Right, exactly. And then uh 
Like, say you and wanted to like, play Radical Dreamers on original hardware. Because yeah. another another element to this is playing it on original hardware. Uh, Kyle and I both yeah. have um, original hardware in our houses. I am particularly into CRT gaming, so I have um, I have two CRTs. I'm, I'm looking for a replacement for my current one because it's... Um, it's not exactly what I would like, but uh, it doesn't have any S-Video input or anything. But, um, you know, we, we like to play on original hardware. And, you know, you, we could just emulate these things. You know, we could, Im- yeah. we could, we could, patch, um, we could patch a version of Radical Dreamers with an English translation and play that on our computer. But it's not quite the same as sitting in front yeah, of the TV, exactly. sitting on your couch, and, and playing the game on original hardware. So uh, cartridges fill that need, um, especially for homebrew games. Like, there's a, a sequel to Chrono Trigger called... Um, Oh, what is it? There's there's like a red cartridge that's made by it's like a fan game. Uh, yeah, it's um, yeah. Crimson Crimson something. Echoes. Crimson Echoes. Crimson Echoes. It was never finished though. I don't think you can still buy it on a repro though. <laughs> yeah, you can. Like yeah. this is what I'm saying. This is the awesomeness of repros, right? So repros have this awesome thing where you can fill your 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 need to collect games and have it on the original hardware and have this game that never came out or never came out in your region Mm -hmm. that you can play on your Super Nintendo with a Super Nintendo controller plugged into your old CRT. It's awesome. It's an awesome feeling. Yeah, totally. There's actually a really good example of this. Um, Pure Solar uh, is a a new RPG that's been made in in this decade um, that came out for Sega Genesis. um, Oh, yeah. The creators created a repro cartridge so that you could play their brand new game on uh, on a Sega Genesis. Now you can also just play it on PC. They have a version of it for that. Um, but it's so cool that they put all that work into making this this piece of uh, piece of art, really, that is able to be played on yeah. on um, on discontinued hardware that you don't really see much anymore. This is true. Yeah, I mean that's that's cool that there are still people out there that are making like old-timey cartridge games yeah. that they, that you could play on your hardware. So your hardware is still getting, like, plenty of love that you want to give it. Right. Yeah. But uh, so, but there's repros, some problems. There's some problems with repros, though. There's some issues yeah, they, in the repro it's, world. It's a double-edged sword. So, like, then you have the you have the people that honestly want to go out there and they just get repros for the honest reasons, like you want, like I have the aforementioned reasons about them not coming out or right. it being a homebrew looks interesting. And then there's those people that want to have a copy of a game like Chrono Trigger and not want to pay $120 for it. Yeah. You could buy a repro of it for like 25 Yeah. Which is fine. If, you, if you're out for that reason, like you just want to get a Chrono Trigger game for cheaper because you don't want to spend that much money or you want to preserve the copy you have. There are people yep. that do that. That's I have fine. a um, I but, have a version of uh, Back to the Future too for the SNES that only came out in Japan, and I have a repro of that yeah. because I want to play it. I want to play it. Yeah. And I don't want to do it on a keyboard, and I don't want to do it with a Bluetooth. You know, um, I don't. Uh, there's a lot of reasons for that, but like it's it's lower latency. You don't have as much lag. It's a good game, though. Isn't that a good game? Is it's a good, it's isn't pretty that the fun. Good Back to the Future game. It's I think it's the one good Back to the Future game, other than the yeah. the Telltale series, but the one like good retro yeah. version of that. Um, but you were saying. But yeah, so the, the I don't have a problem with like people doing that. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure most of the video game collecting community feels the same way. Yeah. The only issue, the thing you have to like we said earlier, you have to look out for are the people that want to make repros um, of a game and try to pass it off as the legitimate thing. So yes. like, there the retro gaming outlets store that we have here actually will take your repros but there's some stuff you have to 
uh, fulfill first. Like the label has to say pre-production. It can't be the original label. They want to make sure that in no way possible it could be passed off as the original. Right. So the double-edged sword comes to the fact that and this is just opinion, but like we have all these reproductions of popular games coming out, all these expensive games coming down, and uh-huh. that are kind of. Do you think it's? Do you think it's like oversaturating it to the point where it's collecting is kind of like a little shakier than it should be? Because like I don't think it's maybe. Go ahead. Maybe it's not having having all these reproduction ones. Like if it drove down the value of the other games, it wouldn't really bother me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like. I think people have become a little bit more weary because of it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's something that, um, like what, what do you, do you have like a lost faith in collecting knowing that there could be a reproduction out there? Or something? I, I don't think so. It's, it's very hard to make a cartridge that, you know, to a, to a seasoned collector, uh, looks like an original cartridge. Um, yeah, because first of all, they look brand new. Uh, you would have to purposefully age the cartridge to look bad. A lot of people who sell repros, even of games that did come out here that are just like, you know, oh, yeah, I want to play Harvest Moon and not pay $200 to play it. Because um, Harvest Moon's a really expensive one for some god-awful oh, reason. Yeah. And that's like so my grail. And that's and uh, Harvest Moon is one of my grails. And I've thought about getting a repro for it sometimes because I just want to play it. I just want to play it on my SNES and not have to pay some insane amount of money. You know, I don't, I don't make a ton. I, you know, I work in marketing at a university. I don't have a ton of, a ton of cash. Um, uh, so, you know, I've thought about it too. Um, I don't think they inherently ruin collecting because there's always the, there's always the benefit of having that original cartridge. There's always the, the being able to say, yeah, I've got the, I've got the real thing. Um, yeah, I know, but some people are like, you know, the fact that we have to check is enough to bother some people. That is, is like that is very frustrating because there are yeah. there are unscrupulous people trying to pass off still you know fake goods, and I think that 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 sucks. Um, I personally have been swindled by people in this way before. I have experience with that. I, I and this was before I was um, I was really collecting heavily. Um, you know, I think my my collection really started when I busted out my SNES again and we went on our road trip. I, oh, yeah. you know, I had been collecting a little bit to that point, but that's when I really built a lot of my uh, collecting skills and my my eye for, um, you know, for good finds. Um, it was the beginning of that. Um, yeah, I bought uh, Pokemon Fire Red and Leaf Green off of uh, eBay, and I bought them from a seller. Uh, I, I hate to say this; it's not, you know. It, it sounds a little xenophobic, but, you know, often you want to avoid buying uh, any American games from sellers outside of the country, especially in Asia or China. Um, oh, yeah. I hate to say that, but a lot of those Chinese sellers are selling those knockoffs. Um, yeah, they, they it could possibly be the actual – it might not even be the actual game. It could be like yeah. their interpretation just what they're calling it and they'll put the label on and they sell it if it's if my my motto is if the price looks too good but too good to be true it is yeah it just is and i got swindled if you see in, a copy you know i found one that was like 10 bucks less than the than the main version uh something that you can do yeah. to to avoid this you know i got i pokemon fire red and leaf green came to me they ended up being fake they ended up not working very well because they weren't very well made um yeah so they ended up crashing a lot uh in weird ways um so, you know, I realized, hey, this is not, you know, this is not a real copy. I think the label was shiny, which was weird. I don't think the label for the original game is as shiny as the one I got. 
that was um that was one way I could I could sort of tell. Um and but otherwise it looked pretty it looked pretty accurate. It looked believable. Yeah. Um but some way that you can tell again is is trying to, you know, buy from outside, see if it looks old. You know, does it have any marks yeah. marks or nicks on it in the picture? If it doesn't have a picture, don't buy it. If it yeah. does not have a it, if it does not have a photo where the seller is unwilling to send you a photo, do not buy it. And I think the final thing that you can do to really protect yourself is to get the price charting app on your phone. Um, so I use uh, both of us. I think use the video game price charts app on Android, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and you can go in there and and search any title uh, for any system and see what the average prices are. If the price is way lower than the average price. It's, it's probably, probably a fake. repro. Yeah, it's probably yeah. a fake. Um, somebody trying to repro to or a you. bootleg. Just what something just worse. Yeah, bootlegs just are even worse. Poorly. Yeah. yeah, bootlegs are really bad. So, um, it just ends up being a huge issue. I, I think it's it's definitely a huge issue within the retro gaming community. Uh, but it's not something I think that reduces the reduces the the reality of like collecting it's not something like where it it makes collecting worse for people who want to collect original copies i think it's just a sign i think every sort of it doesn't just apply video games i'm Mm -hmm. sure anybody who bootlegs anything like that collects that medium is going to feel a little sour about the fact that it's happening yeah but you know there's nothing that we can do about it there's only there's the only thing we can do is of course arm ourselves with the knowledge enough to prevent it so there are yeah. a few things that you can do with the Super Nintendo specifically and the regular Nintendo and maybe even Genesis and other stuff, cartridge games in general. Yeah. And although uh, the exterior things you want to look at, of course, is to make sure that the label, it will look where, if it if it's an older game, it should look weathered. Yeah. Even if they take good care of it, it's not going to look brand spanking new. Another there's, thing a, do there's, is, a, uh, um, there's a greasy quality to old yeah. SNES uh, labels. It's like a patina. Yeah, it yeah. gets this. It gets this grease on it from people like handling the cartridge because that's where your fingers go when you hold the game and put it into the system. That's where they go when you're yeah. blowing out the the cartridge. So it's gonna have a sheen to it uh, that will not look like glossy paper. It looks like it's been handled. You know. Yeah, and oftentimes, like sometimes when they're trying to repro it, uh, they'll use they'll just use like a glossy paper when in, when opposed to just using. Uh, which I've seen some people make. I don't remember how exactly they make it, but they they use like layers mm-hmm. on the label. But another good. Uh, there's a couple more things I can give you a few hints on Super Nintendo specifically. I don't know if this applies to all cartridge games, but I personally collect Super Nintendo's repros a little bit more actively than I do anything else. Well, most very actively as opposed to everything else. But right. Um, so with the video game with the Super Nintendo cartridge. Um, the first thing you need to be aware of is how much your game is worth that you're looking for. Yeah. So if you're looking for a copy of Earthbound, under no circumstances should you ever buy that game without looking inside of it first. Because they can make the outside look pretty pretty like convincing. They've gotten pretty good at that. But um, And a lot of good sellers will show ways. the will show the circuit board. Yeah, if it's an expensive game, sellers should put up pictures of the interior. So, and if they okay. haven't, ask them for it. Yeah, and they should do it if it's actually legitimately the right thing. So say, for example, you get a copy of – you go to your local whatever, uh, whatever your retro gaming outlet is. Right. And you see a copy of Earthbound sitting there like for sale for – I think it's probably going for about 180 bucks. Yeah. But it's a little bit cheaper than that. Say it's like 150 and you're a little weary about it. So you're like – 
So what we want to do is get them to let you see it. And then from the surface, the thing to look for is to look at the back. A lot of repro cart cart cartridges, not all of them, but some mm -hmm. of a lot of them will uh, there's a in the middle of the back of the SNES cartridge, it will say Nintendo, kind of in an indention. Yeah. A lot of those repro ones don't have that. Yeah, they won't have that. Another thing is to look at the bolts that go into the security bits. Sometimes if you look at them, you can tell they're fake. So, like, if it doesn't have a head on it, chances are it's a snap cartridge. Like, you just snap it together and it's fake. Yeah, take a look at so, the back of, like, a, of a SNES game you already have or if you can go to a video game store and see. Yeah, like, there's a bunch on the shelves. They have a special uh, screw uh, in them that um, – yeah. You can't get anywhere. It's a. Uh, I think it's a three point eight millimeter bit. I mean, you should. Uh, I think there might be a way to actually online. get them. There, there's a way to get them, but a lot of repro people, uh, especially people who don't care about, um, they're just trying to scam you. They're not gonna. They're not yeah. gonna put that care into it. It's another thing too. So if you have, it's called. I think it's a three point eight millimeter bit. You can get them online very cheap. Yeah. So what you do if you're gonna, what I would recommend if the guy who's if if it's a retro gaming store, they're gonna have one on hand. I promise yes. you. Yes. If it's a pawn shop, they probably won't. So you might want to bring your own or find one or something. Although I will say, but always uh, look at the, the interior before you buy it. That's yeah, for sure. I will say it's so, easier to avoid repros in the wild. Um, this this is a major problem on the internet, but uh, I very rarely see reproductions in the wild because a retro game store, first of all, is usually not going to carry them, uh, and if they do, they are clearly marked as a repro. I bought my uh, copy of Back to the Future 2 uh, for SNES um, in, a, in a game store, and it was clearly marked as a reproduction. Um, yeah. So it, it's it's not something you're going to see all that often in the wild yeah, when you're looking unlikely. around. Yeah. Especially in the actual retro gaming stores. But as far as like pawn shops and conventions go, it never hurts to have yeah. like a bit like a – Bit on you, but I'd so say I'd if, say at a, at, a, at a pawn shop or like an estate sale or a garage sale, you generally won't have to worry about it. But just keep your eyes open, you know. I mean, you, you never know. I'd always take, keep one on you because, like, if they're selling it to you for like real cheap at a garage sale, whatever, you know. If you're out, you're out. Right. But if it's under thirty dollars, doesn't really matter. If yeah. It's still a good deal, even on a repro. But okay, so for those of you who are into game collecting, let's. I'll offer you an example. You're at a convention. You find a copy of Earthbound. You're like, all right, it's like. 150 bucks. That sounds like a great deal. So you're walking up to him you and, and you look at it and everything on the outside looks great. The guy agrees to open it. Then what are you looking for? So the first obvious sign of that it's a repro is that there won't – there will be a square-looking chip that's mounted to this little rectangular-looking chip. It's hard to describe. It's called mm -hmm. a T-stop chip. And essentially what that means is they remove the mask ROM off the cartridge that was compatible with Earthbound and replaced it with a fabricated Earthbound ROM mm -hmm. that allows us to play Earthbound. So it'll be in the bottom right corner um, where it will be very obvious that it's been added. That's a good yeah. sign that it's a repro. Yeah. Another way to check, it, things might look legitimate. You might be like, oh, okay. But it is possible that they could have swapped it on like a – and, and this is kind of a gray area for people because technically it's still original hardware. But there are people that will take the ROMs off of a board and stick it onto a board of another game that's compatible. Uh -huh. Even though it's the actual ROM, it's not the same original board that was with that game. Right. Some people have qualm with that, but how do you tell? Well, so SNES Central is a website you can go to, type in a game, and you go and find Earthbound. 
-hmm. and uh, you'll look at your PCB information. It will be on the bottom. Right. And I'll give you the PCB type. And for Earthbound, it's SHVC-1J3M-20. Now, no other game is going to have that code except Earthbound. So if you look inside it, everything looks okay. It has that number. You got yourself a solid copy. So, yeah, that's SNES Central has all your information. Oftentimes, they'll actually have a picture of the PCB, so you know you're getting the right one. Yeah. So any of those people that are out there looking to buy some expensive games, this is a good tool to have. Totally. So make sure to carry that bit on you if you have one. Uh, maybe they'll have one, but it's worth having it just in case you come across, if you're going to go on a retro game hunt like we've done, yep. you come across one that's really expensive and you want to make sure, just make sure it never hurts. Yep. It's good to have one of those and to have that, uh, have that bookmarked website on there to help you as well. Yep. All right. Well, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, this uh, sort of tour into how to get started in retro collecting and how to protect yourself from the scammers of the world. Um, and remember, we are playing Final Fantasy Mystic Quest uh, next week. Uh, so make sure to send in your um, messages, uh, texts, emails uh, to our uh, retro reset pod at gmail.com or 74721 reset. Um, and we'll see you next time.